following is a continuation in our series looking at the fruit of the Spirit. We hope you enjoy. Are you all good and turn to Romans chapter 12? Romans chapter 12. All right. So, let's go ahead and pray. And then we'll get into our topic for this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this evening. We thank you for this time that we can come together and open your word. We do pray that as we talk about your kindness this evening, Lord, that you would teach us what that means and how that should impact the way that we live. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing our study of the fruit of the Spirit, and tonight we get to kindness. So I want to start by telling this story. I read this in an article this week. In the year 2000... There was a 68-year-old woman named Elsie Holdren. She worked in Australia as a security guard. And she was fired from her job, not because of negligence, not because she was lazy or incompetent, not because she allowed some crime to happen, but she was fired because she was too nice. This is what her superiors wrote. They wrote, due to your caring and giving nature, you were compromising your position as a security guard. Being caring and giving is not a job requirement, nor is it what you're paid to do. So she was transferred to a new position in a neighboring city. Most people get fired for not being kind enough or making bad decisions. She was just this very nice person and she got fired. So her kindness was deemed out of place. It didn't fit the job description. As a security guard, they were saying, you've got to stop being so nice to people. Ironically, all the judges and city workers that worked in that building actually started a petition to bring her back because they liked her so much. Her kindness didn't fit the job description, according to the person that wrote that letter to her. Her kindness was out of place. If you think about our kindness, what God calls us to be in the fruit of the Spirit, when we're called to be kind, that is part of our job description as believers. As Christians, we are to be walking pictures of God's kindness. Religious philosopher Blaise Pascal once wrote that cold words freeze people and hot words scorch them. Bitter words make them bitter Wrathful words make them wrathful. Kind words also produce their image on men's souls. And a beautiful image it is. They smooth, they quiet, and they comfort the hearer. Kindness is something that you and I can struggle with. And that's kind of why we're talking about it tonight. Okay? Kindness, unfortunately, can take us by surprise. We want people to be nice to us, but sometimes we don't really expect it. And sometimes people can go out of their way to be kind to you, And maybe they have the best intentions when they're doing it, but sometimes people can be absolutely selfish when they're being kind to you. You ever thought about that? Like someone could be doing some sort of act of kindness for you, and they don't care about you at all. They're just trying to get something out of the situation. Take this example. Say you're at a coffee shop. You get to the front of the line, and you realize, I have forgotten my wallet at home. Has that ever happened to you all? Maybe not a coffee shop, but you're out buying something. The person behind you can step in and say, well, I'll pay for your coffee. And maybe they're doing it because they're just really, really nice. But they could also be doing it for a whole other slew of reasons. They could be doing it because they're annoyed with you for forgetting your wallet and they just want you to get out of the way. Maybe they just want everyone around to think, oh, look at this wonderful person who's paying for this other person who forgot their wallet. Aren't they nice? Aren't they great? They're doing it from a very selfish perspective. So kindness, unless it's directed by the kindness of God, is always susceptible to being taken advantage of, like in that situation. On our best days, our kindness, because we are sinners, because we have a sinful nature, 
is always susceptible to acting out an act of kindness, but always wanting to receive something. So what I want us to see tonight is that kindness is an outworking of God's love in us. Kindness is an outworking of God's love in us. So when we seek to actually share that kindness with others, unless we're drawing it from God's kindness to us, then we're always at risk for doing it for selfish reasons. So let's turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21, and Luke's going to come up and read that for us. Romans 12, 9 to 21. Whenever you're ready, Luke. All right, this is Romans 12, starting in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Let love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Continue, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another, but do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Awesome. Thank you, Luke. So the Apostle Paul is going to mention several things in this passage. Okay? And doing all of these things requires stepping in thoughtfully with somebody else. It requires you to step in and think about the other person Think about them with care and concern. One writer describes this as to want to help others to encourage or comfort them to do something that serves or benefits them. In order to be kind to others, I need to put myself in their shoes and think what I most want or what I need for them to do for me and then do it for them. So what is kindness? Again, we're going to ask those same three questions. What is kindness? Where does it come from? And how do we cultivate it? What is kindness? It's acting out this principle that Jesus lays out for us in the Gospels from Matthew 7:12, when he says, So whatever you wish others to do to you, do also unto them. That's what kindness is. It's extending what we want other people to do towards us, how we want them to treat us. That's how we are to treat others. So he lays out a couple examples of how this plays out for us. I'm not going to go through all these, but I just want to work through a couple of them. He starts in verse 14 by saying, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. When we bless those that persecute us, what we're communicating is that despite your attitude, despite your unkindness towards me, I'm still going to show you the love of God. Is that easy? That's incredibly hard. I don't know about y'all, but if someone's making fun of me or hurting me, like pronouncing a blessing upon them is probably the last thing that's on my mind. Okay? But that's what we're called to do. Even though they're unkind to us, we can be kind to them by genuinely caring for them and wanting good for them. Rejoicing with those who rejoice. Okay, This means we get excited when other people are excited. When someone is so excited to tell us something that we can enter into that joy with them. That's an act of kindness. Now, some of us are Debbie Downers. And when other people are happy, we like to bring them down a notch. Okay, But God's word tells us, no, enter into that joy with them. Enter into that and show God's kindness to you. You may not be as happy as they are, but you can be happy with them. Weeping with those who weep. This is the other side of that. We may not be experiencing the heartache that they're experiencing in that moment, but we can step in in kindness and meet somebody where they are. 
taking their sorrow seriously. Not saying, well, you just need to get over it. Okay? It's about the worst thing you can tell somebody when they're going through something really, really hard. We may not feel the depth of what they feel, but we can grieve that they grieve and walk alongside them in that. And then one more, associating with the lowly. This means that we are willing to enter into a relationship with those that may be downtrodden or may be pushed aside by others. Being willing to step in and showing just a simple act of kindness to somebody that other people are making fun of or are treating badly. This involves putting ourselves aside to love and care for somebody else despite who they are and what their experiences are. Another writer says this, Kindness can be as simple as a pleasant word or a caring smile, but more importantly, kindness means being willing to do something or take some action that helps somebody even if it might inconvenience you. That is what kindness is. It's going out of our way to do something for someone else because that's what we would want them to do for us. So where does that come from? Because if we think about it, that can't come from within us because deep down inside of us we have a sinful heart. And at some point, that kindness will be tainted by sin. So let's turn to Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 11. Page numbers are on the screen for you. And I believe Caleb is going to come and read that verse for us. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. Thank you, Caleb. So, the Apostle Paul is writing here, he's writing to Titus, and he's reminding Titus of God's kindness to him and to his congregation. And what this kindness is, is that he has saved us from our sins. Okay, This is something that we could never have done for us. It had to have been this immense act of mercy to us. Okay, And the word that's used here, it's a word that we draw from the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. And I'm going to read Romans 2-4 here in just a second. We see it there. This kindness is this wonderful, theologically rich word called hesed. It's God's hesed towards us. It's his all-encompassing faithfulness, his loving kindness, his loving care for us. It is how he interacts with us. And it's completely undeserved. That is the true definition of kindness, and that's where it comes from. We can't show kindness unless we draw it from that. Uh, This is exactly what Paul has on his mind as he's describing this. God generates and renews us and gives us our greatest need in Jesus. And that is the greatest act of kindness that we can ever, ever experience. And this can't just be for our own experience. It has to be something that impacts us, transforms us, and actually moves outwards. So we can't just receive that kindness and know where it comes from and just keep it to ourselves. It's actually meant to be an outflow and go forth to our relationship with others. Romans 2.4 tells us, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So what does God's kindness do for us? It actually leads us to a place where we recognize our own sin, recognize our own inability, 
and it actually changes who we are. Repentance. Y'all know what repentance is? What's the difference between confession and repentance? Okay. Yeah, so confession says, I have sinned. Repentance says, I have sinned, and here is what I'm going to do to change or to respond better or to look at this sin and recognize what it is and say, I'm not going there. Repentance involves action, and God's kindness, that kindness that he bestows upon us in Jesus, is actually a source of our repentance. Like, that actually is what leads us to repentance. If God just comes down and just whacks you over the head every single time and says, shame on you, is that going to lead you to repentance? It might, once or twice, may, a couple times, but God's kindness is truly what leads us to repentance. If we keep our eyes fixed on him, we'll actually see that. And what that does is the more we experience and understand God's kindness, the more that's actually going to be something that we want to practice ourselves. So we have to understand that that's where it comes from. It has to come from him, not from us. That kind of kindness can only come from above. So how do we cultivate that? How do we take God's kindness and actually make it part of our lives? I want to read Ephesians 4.32. I'm going to invite Caitlin to come up and read Micah 6, 6 to 8. I'm not there yet, so you go ahead and read your passage. It says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of two years old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has said to you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Okay, and Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to everyone, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. That is the major way that we can cultivate kindness is by recognizing that God has forgiven us so much, therefore there's really no reason for me to hold this grudge over this person. There's really no reason for me to act unkindly towards them. We can extend that same forgiveness, extend that same kindness. In the Micah passage, in the Old Testament, animal sacrifices were necessary for the forgiveness of sins. Like, they had to happen. It's part of everyday life. Again, I've said this numerous times. I'm glad I don't have to do that for y'all. Like, I'm very appreciative that that is no longer part of the way that sins are forgiven. But that was what was required back then. Okay, A priest would make a sacrifice on behalf of the people. He would go in, kill the animal, blood would be sprinkled on the altar... Sins would be forgiven. And even though Micah mentions the animal sacrifices here, there's something way more important that he's trying to get across. There's a principle here. Okay? The animal sacrifices were good, in a sense, because they were a way to listen to God's commands. But what was behind them was way more important. Micah speaks here of showing what God truly cares about. Did you catch what he says? Go back to your passage and tell me, what are the three things that he emphasizes there? What does he say? Do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. Do y'all love kindness? Like, is it something that you wake up and you're like, man, it is so awesome to be kind to people. It's so nice to just be nice to other people. He wants us to love kindness. He wants us to love his kindness so that we can take that kindness to our friends, to your families, to your coworkers, to your coaches. Okay? Again, going back to our opening illustration, there's so many reasons why we can act kindly towards other people. 
But sometimes we do it because we're selfish. Sometimes we want other people to see us being kind. But that's really not kindness at that point. That's just selfishness. So with hearts of humility, we can actually cultivate kindness. We can look at the kindness that God has given to us and say, this is amazing and wonderful and I'm so thankful for it. And because of that, my brothers and sisters, my friends, my family, they actually deserve my kindness. And I can share that with them. President William McKinley, when he was president, he had a decision to make about an ambassador. And he had two people that he was thinking about. And these are two people that he actually worked with. And he was on a streetcar riding home. And he saw one of these men get on the streetcar. And this older lady had got on and she had this basket of clothes with her. And there was no seats left. And he was witnessing this guy. And the other guy didn't know that he was on the train car with him. And he just watched what this guy did, and she walked by, and she was looking for a seat. And what this guy did is he took his newspaper, and he just kind of like pretended like she didn't exist. All he had to do was just like, oh, older lady, basket clothes, you can take my seats. But he didn't, and guess who he chose? He chose the other guy. Okay, so our character is going to play out in those situations. If we are selfish and only thinking about ourselves, we are never going to look at that situation and be like, here's an opportunity for me to show kindness. Here's an opportunity for me to extend this kindness to someone else. Again, our greatest temptation as believers is to do it because we want other people to see it. Okay? There was a craze. It's not as popular anymore, but there was a craze where people would go and they'd like buy meals for homeless people and then they would snap themselves and put it on Instagram. Like That is not kindness. That's just taking advantage of somebody. We need to be willing to act kindly and not care who's watching, not care who sees us do it. We have an audience of one when we act kindly towards others. That audience is Jesus, our Savior. God shows us His kindness and His mercy, even though we don't deserve it. And because we don't deserve it, then we should share that with others. So God's desire is that we love, care for, and help others with a heart that has been changed by His kindness. So let's dig a little bit deeper in that in our small groups. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you. We are so grateful for your kindness to us in Jesus. And we ask that you would just bless us this evening as we unpack this a little bit more. And we just pray that you would help us to reflect these qualities. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WYM.